recording a show at Slip Angle, and I'm on the phone, and Abe's at his house, and his dogs are going to bark like they always do. Now they're asleep. And we have, <laughs> we have, we have uh, um, all around hero for everything, Mike Cohen on the phone, and he's in a weird place. Mike, Mike what are you doing? Um, currently, uh, just driving through Mississippi in a chop top. Yeah, you just crossed the river, uh, the Mississippi River, you said, right? Correct. Just crossed the river and the state line into Mississippi. Into Mississippi. What are you doing down down south? Why are you going that way? You're coming back from Austin, where the where the Chop Top Challenge Road Rally ended. Um, uh, is that like the is that the way to come back? I can't even picture it. It is absolutely not the way back. Um, but uh, <laughs> why not? Uh, Fong has some Fong has some family he needs to see and. Uh, we owe Fong a lot. Uh, he's basically the only reason that TTR can do Chop Top. Yeah. So we're doing him a favor and cruising down over here and see family for a bit, and then we're going to head north. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. You're not even staying with family? You're not even taking advantage of free housing, huh? Um, they both have to work on Wednesday morning. Yeah. So they want to, like, get back and try and, like, get some uh, actual sleep, not chop top sleep, yeah. uh, before they go into work. So we're going to try and get back by tomorrow evening. How was the, the uh, weather this weekend? What what headset do you have right now? Because like you sound r- remarkably normal, uh, and you're in a, <laughs> you're riding in a car with no windshield right now. Uh, well, we have a half of a windshield made out of plexiglass right now. Oh, you put you put that on for the return trip, huh? Yeah, it it makes it so much more bearable. So yeah, uh, uh, for for the listeners, give them an audio check for what happens when you lift up your helmet. All right. So I'm going to pop my head above the windshield and open my visor. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty so, loud. Yeah. So right now I'm just I'm in the front seat, the front passenger seat. Um, kind of crunched, kind of slouched down a bit, but it feels like we just have a window open. What, what do you what do you have for a headset? It's the Senna SMH10. Okay, yeah. Uh, Austin and I have talked his, with his Senna while he's on a motorcycle before, and it's like dude, you can't even hear anything. It's just him. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool. It's because allow us to. Uh, we have four of them, so we can uh, group chat them, uh, and then you can like pair it to your phone and listen to music or take a conference call. That's, That's kind of awesome. Impressive, man. We we literally just got off a Grid Life track team conference call talking about Mid Ohio um, and prepping for that stuff. And I think you you sounded better uh, than than Ryan Kristoff did, and he was just on his <laughs> cell phone. It's, you, always uh, sound, you always sound better than Ryan Kristoff, though. <laughs> the uh, the acoustics in the Bell helmet are prime. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. So. So for uh, the, most of the listeners who've never heard of Chop Top Challenge, what the fuck is Chop Top Challenge, and why have you done this for five years? <laughs> uh, it is uh, the basic uh, basic rundown is it's a nationwide scavenger hunt, and the caveat is you have to do it in a car with no roof, no windshield. Yeah. And it has to be a car that was not designed to be a convertible. So Chop, like yeah, so uh, no, BM- Miata, no Miatas, no 2000s. Right. And also like uh, a 90s BMW 3 Series. Technically not oh, yeah. allowed, but yeah. There, there is a 3 Series though, right? 
Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a three series. It's a three well, series yeah, body <laughs> on a Ford Explorer chassis. <laughs> it's the coolest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, Top Top came about uh, because our, one of our old our old lead instructor Luke Wilcox, um, who Chris has known for like 22 years, and I've known for 18 years, and then we started doing um, Honda Meet together, and he's just been a buddy of all of ours for a long time. Um, he had this CRX that that years ago um, it was his daily driver, uh, and then. For some reason, on a weekend, they decided to cut the roof off and make it convertible. Uh, no, it was the it was the Grassroots Motorsports Challenge car. Oh, that they, yeah, this, it used to be his daily driver. That used to be his daily yeah. driver. And for listeners, isn't Luke also the guy uh, kind of accountable for Wagon Attack, too? Or is he affiliated with Wagon yeah, Attack? Yeah, Wagon, Wagon yeah. Attack was Luke's car, yeah. But, yeah, that, that TRX used to be his daily driver. And then he gave it his brother, who drove it. And then it sat around for a while. And then... Um, they cut the the roof off one weekend and just and they just called it the Chop Top CRX and this is like in 06 or 07. Right. And then they, we we started doing yeah we started doing grassroots challenge stuff in 06 and 07 and then in 07 and 08 and then in 09 we put on like a serious effort and that car had a B16 swapped into it so like it shared right. a lot of parts with our with our Gutty CRX. And so we put my old roll bar in it because I just put a new roll bar in my yeah, patchback track car, the one that I'm building into a race car right now. Um, we, we, like, made a bolt-in roll bar out of my old weld-in roll bar, and it came down to the GRM challenge in 09. So there's a picture of it in, the, in, like, the article, the recap article for the GRM challenge. But it came down to the GRM challenge in 09 as, like, our rolling parts bin, and, like, we actually did the challenge with it. Um, mm-hmm. It ran like a fifteen three and a quarter mile too, which is pretty impressive. But uh, the and then it it kept coming to Honda meet for like five or six years, um, and people right. would pile on top of it and drink beers out of it. And then one one Honda meet, the um, they would just like crawl the paddock at like two miles an hour, and Luke would have to buy a new exhaust every time because like the exhaust <laughs> would rub off. I think twenty seven passengers was like the the most. Yeah, but. Uh, um, uh, one one year, somebody jumped on the windshield and it like caved in, so they just cut the windshield off, and so all of a sudden it's a speedster. Um, and I don't remember why, but him and his brother Joe decided to like go to Miami with it for spring break. And they're like thirty five yeah. and thirty year old people, so they they go on spring break for some reason still. But um, <laughs> they were both teachers at the time, I think. But yeah. And I think that was the first one, and then they started doing it as like a semi organized rally. And you guys went on the on the on the first official one, right? Correct. Yeah, we went on it and uh, crushed the competition. You would say. <laughs> how, how organized? How many cars were in that first year? Uh, first year was like nine or ten. Yeah. Uh, second year was uh, maybe a couple more. I know last year was like eighteen, and yep. this year we sold out at twenty-five. Yeah. They sold out. And sorry. The party was like huge this year at the kickoff party. Yeah. What other cars have you chopped? Uh, so this is our the first one was our third car. This is our third car that we've chopped. The first one was a 2004 Ford Freestar van. Oh yeah, the Windstar Freestar thing. That's right. Yeah, and then we did the C9 Cadillac limo, which we used for two years. Yeah, and then we did the this year we did a 2001 S55 AMG. 
<laughs> so how much does it cost to buy a 2001 AMG? Uh, sticker or what we paid? <laughs> what you paid? Uh, it was like eighteen hundred bucks. It was a bit rusty, um, and it didn't do all the car things that it was supposed to, I believe, right? No. Um, yeah, so sticker on this car was like a hundred grand, new. So, but that was a nice uh, depreciation for us. Yeah, dude. That uh, what does that equal out to? That's like. Uh, a lot per year in depreciation. A lot. A lot. It's like 20 uh, grand a year. We, yeah, now we know why. So five grand yeah. a year for 20 years. <laughs> uh, so the first time, it was just Fong drove it back and forth to work a couple times, and it had been distance tested. So I decided I was going down to Carbondale to see someone, and I was like, well, why don't I give it a distance test? And it completely shut off on me going 80 uh like just south of champagne just shut off yeah. so I, we had to like i did it at my brother's house and we towed it back um and this, there were so many things wrong with it <laughs> there was uh, water in the ECU, uh the abc the um, body control module that does the yeah. air suspension uh that failed or hydraulic suspension that failed the car was like frame on the ground <laughs> Yeah. when they went to go pick it up. That uh, that seems like a common failure in that generation of Mercedes too. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what so they're how, based for. How how much work did how much work was it to cut the roof off of that thing? Because I know how much work it was to cut the roof off of the Cayenne that we cut the roof off of. But um, I, this was super easy actually. Uh, it was it went a lot quicker than we had imagined. Uh, we spent a lot, time of, blowing, uh, a lot of power up there? No, we spent some time taking the headliner down, uh, but the only wiring that was up there was, like, parking sensor stuff and, okay. you know, like, vanity lights and stuff like that. Nothing that we needed. Yeah. Did we lose count? No, I'm here. Oh, thought we lost for a second. Get all, get all actual, get, get all quiet. Uh, maybe we lost Abe. Yeah, Abe Cone, Cone's headset actually uh, works. Uh, it's yeah. so good, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, we cut the roof off of the Porsche Cayenne. The, it was Chris's old daily driver, and then after like a year of daily driver use, it totaled itself with needed maintenance costs. Like it needed ten grand in work, and it was worth like two. Yeah, um, and it we literally the, totaled itself tonight. Yeah, it, and it literally just died on the way back in Dallas, Texas. Pete Lindbergh, uh, listener of the show, I think saved the day. They're in the process of saving the day right now, getting it AAA to his house so we can deal with it later. But uh, Yeah, Sullivan um, just texted. He said they're waiting on a tow. Yeah, I talked to him about half an hour ago, and they said it was going to be about an hour. But uh, yeah. So yeah, what, was, uh, what was the mechanical that stopped it tonight? Uh, probably, like, everything electrical. Because everything electrical was like dying, like it would randomly yeah. like stutter. And uh, when it was running good, it was like freaking properly fast. But it would like stutter and had like bad throttle input, and uh, like a lot of stuff was dying. I think it needs timing yeah. chain guides or something too, and like probably. Yeah. Uh, it's got it has a misfire almost uh, continuously all the time. All the time. Yeah. Um, and they were stopping every 30 to 45 minutes to add water. Yeah. It was just yeah. 
it, it lost a consistent amount of water for a thousand miles. Um, yeah, you know, which isn't which isn't good for business, but but the roll cage turned out pretty nice, wouldn't you say so? It looks so <laughs> rad. Yeah, uh, I put I put a lot of thought into that roll cage, and then Chris like kiboshed every thought I had, and then we thought about it again. We put probably ten hours of thought into that stupid thing, and we actually it actually <laughs> took us probably three hours to make it. Um, it looked I did really not good. go because. Yeah, it did. It did look pretty good. That's why I, could, I hope it comes back because we kind of want to like mount a spare tire in the back of it, and, like make it a pre-ride right. and put an LS motor in it. But um, the uh, yeah, the I didn't go because I have to stay married and I have three weekends away coming up in four weeks, uh, and then the busiest summer ever. Uh, so I have to pretend to be a dad and a, and a husband. But um, uh, I put we'll, we'll get down to these next year. things every year. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, I've built and, at least hey, one chop top every year for the last five years, though. <laughs> and hey, you you were on the challenge list, so that's something. Technically, um, my name went, uh, and I was on the entry list, and I was part of, you know, and I was also part of one of the challenges. <laughs> like I was a scavenger hunt destination; they got points for finding me. <laughs> yeah. So, I swear yeah, in that uh, video. I- I could see you just thinking about the door that you were halfway done installing. I was installing a. I was actually installing a fancy garden window at that moment. But, yeah. Um, no, it was actually sort of cold. Like it was kind of windy and chilly and rainy that day. So. Yeah. I was sort of just uncomfortable. I was sort of uncomfortable, like you guys were for a thousand miles. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't so- know. The, the 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 kickoff party was nuts this year, compared especially compared to last year. Uh, it was so like twice fun. as big. And so many bands, and there was so much pizza and Taco Bell, and yeah. so many people like, like, I bent up a roll cage hoop for this Previa that like Luke had sourced the Previa. There's always a Previa every year for some reason, but I've done two roll cages and Previas for Luke before, um, for his, his sister, and then the one he did, and uh, and then so I bent up this these hoops for these dudes, and they were they like. Like, they pulled a full Previa into the party, like we did last year. They cut the roof off of it, and then they proceeded to cut, like, all of the body off. Um, yeah. And then they, they installed these two roll cage hoops so wrong. It was, like, the worst <laughs> job ever. But uh, they made it. They freaking so, made it, too. <laughs> so, funny story about that Previa. Oh, I saw the video. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the guy driving it uh, was Ossie, who's been kind of involved in Chop Top since year one. Um, Ozzy, uh sorry, Luke and Luke had posted the Previa for sale when we were going to Miami year one, so you could sell it when they get there. Um, Ozzy was the first dude to reply to the uh, Craigslist ad, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, it'll piss my neighbor my neighbors off, so just uh, drive it straight to my house when you're done." <laughs> uh, so he bought it. And then we've been trying to get him to do Chop Top every year. So we finally got him to do it. Yeah. Got him in a couple of years later. Yeah. And then... Yeah, um, they, did did they actually load a piano in it for bonus points? Yes. Yes. Full-size piano. <laughs> they made it the distance with a piano in the back? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, like, what are some of the other challenges or, like, the silly uh, Chop Toppy things like that? Uh, let's see. I've got the list on my phone, but it's, you know, um, all the city challenges were done by the community, which was really cool. So it was like, they divided up cities and said like, 
you know, you take St. Louis and Tulsa, oh, cool. you know, another city. So, you know, who knows where these people got the idea to include these places, but uh, it's a lot of, like, stop and take, take a picture with this art thing or eat a burger at this joint. And it's that's the best part of Chop Shop because that's when you meet the people that are like, hey, you're on the list, and then they're so stoked that they're on the list. And then yeah. they, like, come look at the car, and then we talk to them. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, you get to see cool, um, like, sites and everything, too, so. Yeah, and, like, places you would never go. Like, who's going to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma just to go there? Nobody. Ashley yeah. and I have done a couple of more more traditional road rallies with Rally North America, and both she and I actually really like <laughs> it because it's that scavenger hunt style, um, but it it takes us to places that we probably wouldn't road trip, but make for like right. crazy weird stories. Like we went to the Mothman museum in West Virginia, which was weird. Um, and also <laughs> awesome because the Mothman statue is incredible, but just like one off weird places like that road rallies, I think are super cool. Yeah. I'd love to actually do one someday. Yeah. We'll get you on next year. Don't worry. And I talked to Cohen. Apparently, I have a standing invite too. So uh, Ashley doesn't really have any vacation time to spend right now, and I have a lot. So I've got to figure out things to do with my time. Ashley would hate to do chapter. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. At least in, in theory, she would hate it. No, I mean, if it were in summer, it would be less terrible. But she's not one for being cold. Yeah, she's not a very um, she's not a very bulky woman. She's uh, she's very very thin. <laughs> <laughs> Lots um, of layers. It, it, it's always like this time of year. It's always March or early April, right? That's I can't yeah. think it's the latest it's been, but I think it's the latest it's been has been like uh, beginning of April. Yeah, and that's that's what makes it the challenge. Otherwise, it's just driving a convertible, basically. Basically, uh, so it's whenever Luke has spring break is is normally when. Right. Uh, but yeah, so when we left Chicago, it was um, it was what like thirty. 37 and gross. Mm-hmm. It was like, you it know, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't raining, but it was like not dry. About but, to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, driving through a cloud, cold cloud. Yeah. So that was rough. And then uh, basically everybody ran, drove through rain uh, when we left Tulsa because it was, there was a huge cell that was just kind of stagnant above the city. So that that was the worst part, I would say, this year. What was like the most bizarre challenge you guys did or found? Um, looking through the list right now, um, I took a really, really creepy picture of Alex next to one of the things, which is a huge eyeball that was in St. Louis, and there was actually two huge eyeballs on the challenge list. Weird. So I guess that was the weirdest. That was weird. Uh, so the one in St. Louis was in this like sculpture park, and it was closed. So we like just walked under the gate, and it was like pitch black at night, and we like found this eyeball sitting around. Uh, that doesn't sound like a place I want to hang out in the middle of the night. No. Uh, it's it's cool though. It's it's like again something you would never do unless you were trying to get points. Yeah, so much random stuff. Like, put a piano yeah. in your car for the duration of the event. Um, yeah. What was the best meal? What was the best meal you had over the whole week, or the whole um, long weekend? 
think the best one we had was uh, the burger joint in what city was that? Uh, Springfield, Missouri. There was a burger joint on the list, and it was like this little um, what do you call those? Uh, like a half pipe upside down army jet. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Fuselage? Uh, basically like the one that's at Gingerman, where they have all like the equipment stores. Oh, a Quonson Hut. Yeah, Quonson Hut. Yeah, yeah. So it was one of those uh, that was like so good, beat good up. Scene. And it was a burger joint. You walk in there and there's like tons of rad like old pictures on the wall and weird knickknacks everywhere. But that's where we, we walked into and the woman behind the counter was like, oh, I know exactly what you want. And like whipped up these burgers, and they were super good. It was like, yeah, what what we were all craving at that point. Yeah, I I could I wanted I was watching the like all the Instagrams because if you if you like Instagram like hashtag chop top challenge, there's a million pictures from all these teams because that's like how they keep track of their points or challenges or whatever. But uh, I, there were so many like good meal pictures. <laughs> yeah, from like. From uh, from all the teams that I know, and it, uh, it made me not want to be at work uh, or on conference calls. Uh, I yeah. wanted to be I wanted to be somewhere else eating that food. Um, and that's like did you we were talking. What did you have we at Sour Stop that Derek's place? Oh yeah, uh, we basically got one of everything. Uh, it's just, no, the Derek so that's at, got the Derek. Uh, yeah, so that's at St. Elmo's Brewing where the finish line was. Um, and it's like this rad uh kind of like Vietnamese fusion food. Um yeah, so we like have a food like, truck like permanent food truck there yeah. or something? Yeah, so we have like pho teens, so it's like pho ingredients on top of tater top. Sick. Sounds rad. Awesome. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> like some some Korean wings and uh I had this rad like it was called Sam Tom, which is uh, basically like a cold soba noodle dish, but the noodles were zucchini. That was really rad. Sorry, I interrupted something um, because we're on a call, and that's always the worst audio. But yeah. uh, you were saying something else, and I don't remember what I, what you were saying. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but it was but a yeah, weird couple days for you. Yeah, so the rest of the challenges on the list are like miscellaneous. So there's like... Uh, um, Tango across the road, or race a Ferrari or a Lambo. Um, eat a taco with helmet on. So all these like, you know, fun random things that you can do basically anywhere. Um, one of the teams went to Milwaukee, and it was like that three-hour window before a place opened up, and they're like, oh, let's just stay and do some random challenges. So they got to do, you know, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, Statue butt touching is on there. I saw a lot of statue <laughs> butt touches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's all like good fun stuff, and it makes you like a lot of it makes you interact with strangers, which is fun. Yeah, uh, that's kind of like the whole point of Chop Top is to you know like do things you would never do, talk to people you never talk to, just be that weird bunch see. of dudes. Yeah be, a, yeah, be a bunch of weirdos and, like, make new friends, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, the, you know, kind of pushing your comforts. The the the, the finale was at um, what's the place called? Rally Ready Driving uh, School. Rally Ready Driving School in Austin, Texas. It's right out by Coda, but like in the sticks. And, and like, uh, was the finale the like tug of war? Yeah. So we all pulled in. We didn't really know what we were doing yet, but we signed waivers and we're like, uh, maybe we're gonna do like a small stage rally in our chop top. Um, yeah. But it turns out we we did a March Madness bracket style um, tug of war with our chop tops, and it was <laughs> it was the raddest afternoon of like hillbilly stuff I've ever done. Watching the Instagram live video of the finale of the Porsche versus uh, it looked like a Jeep and then the piano Cayenne. Um, yeah, it was insane. But, uh, piano Previa. Yeah, oh, that's what I mean, Piano Previa. Yeah, the Cayenne versus Piano Previa and, and a Jeep. So it was two on one. Um, and, and the chain did not budge. No, they, like they moved like two inches at a time back and forth. And then like people were pushing both cars trying to help. And yeah. then, um, yeah, what happened to the Previa? I heard the trans exploded. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I actually got a lot of good pictures with Chris's camera. Um so there were, they were basically touching the Previa and the Jeep because they were on, you know, two chains or one chain and a triangle. So they yeah. were about to get like pulled together. Um, and dudes were just laying on the throttle and yeah. somebody just yelled fire. So this is like, it was like, like a two minute, a two minute tug of war of wide open throttle for these three cars. Yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden, there was smoke and fire, and it was nuts. And somebody's trying to unhook the chain, and it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's going back up, and they're trying to get, like, their clothes out of the car and, like, the stuff they need. Because <laughs> they've been living out of this stupid, like, car with no roof with a piano yeah. for four days. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody gets out. Um, the, the Jeep and the Cayenne pull away, and then... <laughs> They came with a forklift and just tipped the Previ over on its side so they could put out yeah, the fire. Yeah, they, they, they had a bobcat with forks and, like, flipped it over <laughs> and put the fire on. <laughs> and then they, the craziest thing ever. They pulled up the water truck uh, that they used to, like, wet down the rally course and just, like, yeah. sprayed the car for, like, three minutes. What was it? Was the was uh, the Previ dead then? Oh, yeah. we They flipped it back on its wheels and tried to start it. And then the starter got stuck on. So it was just like trying oh, to start. Geez. <laughs> yeah, no, shit got real hot there then. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was actually surprised. Good. I thought it was going to restart. What did, what, did those, what did they end up doing to get home? Uh, I think they flew home because they flew into okay. Chicago. Oh, that's right, because they were from somewhere else anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the end of that story with the Previa is when they tipped it on its side, <laughs> the roll bar broke. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't like weld that thing roll. in. <laughs> yeah, they didn't weld it in at all. Like it was, no. it was the worst weld I've ever seen. It was so yeah, bad. It was, it was a true decorative roll bar. It, it was a place to put seatbelts and make you feel better <laughs> until you actually thought about what would happen if something happened. It, then it was just a then it was just like a sword swinging around on another piece of metal. If they if they actually yeah. rolled that thing over, it's a projectile. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, that's the part of Chop Top Challenge that freaks me out is all these dudes and gals driving these terrible vehicles with no rollover protection. Um, yeah. But it's like also the, the most punk rock silly thing ever. Uh, oh, yeah. So it sort of, make, it sort uh, of makes sense. But. Yeah, and that's, that's something that uh, will probably be discussed uh, before next year arrives is yeah. uh, the, the liability of it all. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, there is a little bit of concern. There's always been a concern there, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah being, yes. being an adult is lame. You got to worry about stuff like that. I know, man. I, I went from not being an adult and like, Hey, we can run a track. And like, now we have a sanctioning body and we never wanted one. And like, oh, yep. dang, now we got manuals and like OSHA things. And <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll uh we've probably let you go drive across Mississippi, man. I think you're allowed to drink beers in Mississippi, so if you got some, you know. Yeah. If you got a nuts, baby. <laughs> I think we got we got we got to get on the call with Derek and then uh and then do another show. Cool. That was good talking. Hi, right, buddy. Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah man. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. Drive safe, cool. Cone. Later. We're back. Hey, Abe. What's happening, man? Not a lot. It's been so long since I, I talked to you. Yeah, I know. We just did like 25 minutes with Mike Cohen while he drove at like a million miles an hour in the Chop Top. I'm so jealous of Chop Top. Like, it, uh, it's fear of missing out thing. is like, it's not actually fear. I know I'm missing out. And it's, right, right after we got off that call, um, Chris, uh, Chris Stewart called me and uh, we were talking about uh, Middle Ohio things again. Because he, he missed that call because he was just getting off an airplane. But, um, so if anyone's in the background wondering what all that noise is, that's yeah, just Derek, Derek, so you should ignore him. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just working on the trailer. Derek's, Derek's wrapping up a project because he had a trailer break explode on him today. Um, yeah, Chris was just telling me, like, it's, it was the most life-changing automotive event he's ever done. Um, and which, uh, I don't know, Chris has done a lot of automotive events. That's a... That's like high praise, man. That's high praise. Yeah. It's it's yeah, got like all the quirky weirdness I think that one lap has, except for the fact that you uh, do it in a chop top, which makes it like all the more grueling. And it's I mean it it's a few days instead of a week, but it's still like a fucking awful situation because you're in a car that's <laughs> like the car has to be cheap enough that you're ready to chop the top off. Yeah, and, like ready to throw it away. Yeah. And that probably means that it's not reliable. No. No, uh, as as uh, as evidenced by our friends with the Porsche Cayenne tonight. Um, but Porsche Cayennes, by the way, are they were 100 grand new, or like 95 new, and they should have been like $18 cuz those things are pieces of shit. <laughs> It's the worst thing that Porsche makes, dude. It's so bad. Well, it's, but it's remember awesome. that Porsche makes those so that they can make 911s, right? Well, I mean, the first generation at least. The second, yeah. I guess, the second or whatever generations are pretty rad. Um, but like, I don't care what Eddie from Auto Assets says. Uh, that, that's like the vehicle that would turn me off of Porsche. <laughs> well, Ed, Ed agrees with you that the first gens are not good. No, they're utter, utter garbage. Yeah, everyone knows. That's why they're $9 used, because they suck. They're literally like, they're literally free because they are junk vehicles. They're yeah, terrible but, vehicles. 
But like, I think it's like 2011 and up. Like they're pretty good. I mean, they're just yeah. like Audi Q Q5 or whatever. Q7 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Q7. Same. I think it's the same platform as the VW Touareg too. So yeah, if, if I didn't give a crap about uh, fuel mileage, I mean, I think everybody knows Land Cruisers are awesome. Uh, but I yeah. really just like the idea of buying a car that's a buy it for life kind of thing. Yep. I, I really don't like thinking about cars like the Cayenne that are basically consumable and they're like. Are Man, not- listen, listen, listen. Speaking of lifetime vehicles, listen to that 7.3 and rumble back there. Ooh. Is it all yeah. fixed? It's all fixed. It's yeah. all up pipe and all that. Yeah, everything's done. It's a okay, ready to go. We well, still got two uh, weeks to spare. A bunch, I've been putting a bunch of miles on it. Yeah, how uh, didn't you have a didn't kind didn't you have a leak the other day? Shaking it down and and uh, did you have a leak the other day? Yeah, I had a. Uh oh, we got we got auto tune so Derek again. I, when I, yeah, hold on. I'm driving the truck back over to my have Wi-Fi, and we'll be good to go. No, <laughs> it's a freaking auto tune, Derek. Freaking I love it. Derek. Hey, just give me a sec. Call, call right boop, back, boop, back boop, in like boop. three minutes. Starts as the intern, and then he just thinks he owns the place. I mean, just I stay just... just just stay on the line, Derek. It's fine. It's fine. He's so on. yeah, Derek Derek's like off-season prep has been like make the truck work better, and then. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I mean that's the, he's got to be the worst doing thing. that because he's buying his wife some new BMW sedan, whatever electric thing. Yeah, have you seen how fancy he is now? Uh, he's a fancy guy. He is. He's almost as fancy as you, man. I don't know about that. No, uh, you are a pretty fancy, man. So I I spent a lot of time polishing the Evo, and it is really really shiny. Yeah. So what are you gonna do with the Evo? You you put a for sale post up the other day. And now, and now you fell in love with it again because you waxed it. <laughs> it's it's like, it's clean and it doesn't suck. Ashley and I took it over to my friend's house on Friday night, and it's right. it's still smoky and smelly and like. It's not, not that smelly though. It's, it's not that smoky. It's all relative, right? Like, eh. Uh, but at the same time, it is kind of awesome. And like corners that are tagged at like you know cautionary yellow like 20 or 30 mile per hour you can do it like 60 65 70 doesn't yeah, matter i mean like on a on the it's road got like Olin's, it's got olens suspension it should be good it's got olens and it's got freaking 200 tread wear on it well like, kind of what i was thinking about when i built it i built it as the compromise car right like it's not a dedicated anything it has to be good at a lot of things and you know yep. it's never going to be the best you know, track rat DE car, and it's never going to be the best time attack car, and it's never going to be the best autocross car, but it can do all of those things pretty well. And like it, I, at the moment, I can. wouldn't hesitate to drive it to Peru, to, to Grissom to do an autocross, or like, you know, drive it to Dayton if I needed to go do something or whatever. I think the car is like dialed, and I drove it back from NCM last weekend, and it was fine. Yeah. How, how many sessions did you do at NCM, by the way? Uh, almost all of them. It was a lot of track time. Did we talk about that event? No. No? Hey, I'm back. Hey, Derek. Derek's back. Sorry. I Back in the garage now. I've got Wi-Fi, so we're in good shape. Oh, man. No more auto-tune, Derek. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was a better sound for you anyway. Auto-tune. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't so, know what y'all are talking about, but we were talking about how Abe you more about the truck. It, we, were, we were just talking about Abe like washed his car and all of a sudden he's in love with it again. It's weird. It's still like the front of it's still pretty rough, but man, like it's it, not rough. It's beautiful. It's a gorgeous car. You got a, you got a couple of fucking rock chips. Why don't you lighten up, Francis? Oh man, <laughs> it's a gorgeous car, dude. I kind of uh, I kind of get what you're saying though. I just washed the the seven three. And it hasn't been washed in like seven months, and I forgot how shiny it was when it was when it's washed, even though it's you know it's an old truck. But it does make you feel good about it, see it clean. Well, like yeah. I've never really uh, like detailed the car ever. Um, it was wrapped when I bought it. I pulled the wrap off the year after I got it, and like I never clayed it, I never waxed it, I never did any of those things, and so like. Now that I'm trying to spend time to really clean it up, it's like, man, this car's pretty fucking bad. I can't believe you bought a wrapped car. That's freaking dangerous, dude. I mean, it was it was almost new. I bought it with 6,500 miles on it. Dude, that's like buying a pre- that's like dating a pregnant girl. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what's gonna come out of that thing. That's yeah. true. That's freaking scary. Abe is uh, Abe is a wild man. I never I, I never would have pictured Abe buying a wrapped car. That's crazy. <laughs> so now, like, but yeah, I think if I'm before... standing in front of it, I can like see my face on the white paint, and it's like, this is <laughs> this is not bad. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be shiny. It's... I'm very proud of you for waxing your car. Well, I washed before... it. I washed it like three months ago, and before that, it was uh, before one lap in sixteen that I had last like done anything to clean it. Yeah. So it has four years worth of road gamer on it. So I think I scrubbed it with a with like a a brush on a pole when it was at my house. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so I think that was this. Like I cleaned it the way I cleaned my work trailers. How to wash an Aston Martin? Yeah. 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 The uh, I take good care of those things, you know. So uh, Derek, uh, Derek's off-season prep uh, consisted of a clutch and a header, and then he fixed the shit out of his truck. Yeah, um, yeah. I partied on the truck and finished that big job. Up pipes, resealed the turbo, resealed the high-pressure oil pump, fuel bowl, all that junk. And you did uh, a lot of stuff. I put, I put about probably three or four hundred miles on it. I took so I brought the car. Uh, to New Braunfels, which is about 60 miles from me, um, and I dropped it off at a shop called Dynotronics, and they they do mostly MX-5s, uh, and they did the installed the header for me and did the clutch for me, um, and they were done in one day. They, I dropped it off Monday; it was done Tuesday. That's pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, so it got some miles on the truck, taking it back and forth. And I kept driving it some more. I had to drive it to work. Wait, wait hold on. I don't understand. You, you like will spend the time to work on big, heavy truck, and you can you have all the tools to do that yourself. But I've you had can't this. do a clutch in a Miata. <laughs> I've had this discussion with this man already. You put a <laughs> header mean... on. Congratulations, Derek. Uh, no, so he didn't he didn't want to work on the race car he had to fix the tow pick because that would have been more expensive but yeah so that that shop does the clutch is cheap enough for me to not worry about it how cheap is and cheap enough 200 in labor that's yeah just have them do it <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> exactly. that's what I thought. 
that's what I thought. And the, the truck, you know, there's no – the only shops that are reasonable to work on diesels are way out in the boonies. And then I have to, you know, get my wife to follow me an hour away from the city to bring it to that shop. And then, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It ends up not being worth it. And if the race car breaks, I can still get home. I don't need to know to work on it as much. If the truck breaks, I need to know how to fix that son of a bitch. That's true. Yeah, there's. Uh, you need to know about the little pin that wears out the hose and the high-pressure pump thing and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I put a bunch of miles on it. Um, I d- drove it to work because I rented out my Civic on Turo for the first time. Two, yeah. I put it up uh, last Sunday, my 2016 Civic CVT, uh, and I had two Turo customers. So that was pretty cool. So and wait, some, do the, do those people just like come to your apartment and pick it up there, or do you have to drop off the vehicle? So I offer airport delivery for $65, and I offer delivery within uh, 15 miles of my apartment for $45, or they can pick it up for free. But that means you and you, like your wife have to go together so that you can get home? No, I, I live uh, close enough where I can take a lift home. I see. Or I can take the trailer if the wheels don't fall off again or lock up. That's true. You could, you could, uh, yeah, you could literally just deliver it. And... Yeah. Um, but the lift is cheap enough that, you know, by the time I spend the money in diesel, for for most stuff, it would probably be cheapest and easiest just to drive the car and then take a lift back. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't had anyone do that yet. Both of those people just picked up from my. Uh, from my apartment, it was good. Both got both guys delivered them back the car back on time, not not nasty inside or anything. Just kind of, basically, just like the road dirt. But besides that, it was clean. You know. Yeah. No. So I don't, uh, like I, I kind of get uh, using Turo if you're renting something um, more out of the ordinary, like uh, car rentals at Avis are cheap enough. Why would you rent from Turo instead of Avis? Good question. So I I asked, well, one guy told me he was from Florida, and Austin is not a a huge, huge city, Um, and it was spring break last week, and he said there was no cars. Oh, interesting. All there there were were trucks and and SUVs and $100 a day uh, cars because everything in Austin was rented. He said he checked Enterprise, you know, all the the normal players, and and he was the first time he ever used Turo. So how um, much is it to rent a 2016 Honda Civic CVT? I have it set between 39 and 45. The the platform will auto change the price depending on demand. Um, last week it was I got 45 uh, for each day it was rented by those people, um, and then I get 75 percent of that. I see. Yeah. And, and is that terrible? A, yeah, and that and there they have their own commercial insurance policy that covers you so if the turo person wrecks your car or damages it you don't have to use your personal insurance they don't ever have to know about it or anything like that what if you put your shitty evo on turo and it breaks down then what no don't do that (laughs) probably will probably will have to refund the customer but besides that i think it'd be okay i mean the rule is under 130,000 miles i think it's the rule so it it uh, your your Evo is a little bit too fast. I, you're gonna you you kill a 19 year old boy. There's all kind of there's all kind of. Well, you can you can customize it however you want. You can say no one under 25. So um, in can, my area, there's not like a million Turo cars because it's not super caught on here. But yeah. there is a 2008 R8, uh, renting out for 279 a day, 
and oh, wow. it has 55 trips taken on it and it's a five-star vehicle holy cow yeah Can that's you imagine, good like 55 trips at 279 oh yeah. money yeah there's um there's a couple like 200 dollars a month vehicles in austin i've 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 seen a GTRs do pretty good, and they're not that expensive to get a used GTR. You can get a 2009 a for like 58 or 59 that I've seen recently. Even cheaper than that for a 2009 in the low 50s, high 40s. Um, and then Panameras, $200 a day. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. I think a lot of it is – you, if you want it to run out a bunch, it needs to be available all the time. So, sure. like my car, with my job, I make my own schedule. I can take off, you know, the middle of the day whenever I want to deliver a car. It's no problem. Um, so, some people that have the nine to fives, it's a little tougher. Sure. You know? But uh, people do weird things. They'll like leave them at the airport in the airport valet, you know, and then the person that flies in just goes to the airport valet, and pays to get it out, rent it that way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But it's kind of cool. It's yeah. Good idea. The uh, the Uber Lyft ride from the airport to my house, I think, is like forty five bucks, which is a pain in the butt. Yeah, that I mean, ends you, up. you would just have to charge a you know ninety dollars for delivery to cover your cost. Gotcha. Um, that's I mean that's basically what I did. I priced my delivery for whatever it cost me, and if they rent it for a week, I do free delivery. Got it. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So there's all kind of little like stuff, and then it tracks how much money you make and kind of does like graphs and stuff you know what there aren't any of here in indianapolis on turo s2000s Mm -hmm. (laughs) they knew they knew knew you'd be looking for me you need to buy one of those things and rent it out good idea well the airport's pretty close to brad adams house you can probably leave it with him there you go there you go there you go leave with brad get brad an s2000 yep brad would drive around your your s2000 he probably would hate it because it's not front wheel drive so, so uh, I, uh, now, how, how many times a month do you have to rent that thing out to pay the payment, Derek? Like, so, if it every rents day? Out, no, no, not even close. If it rents out ten dollars, or not ten dollars, if it rents out ten days, it pays for itself. It pays its uh, car note and insurance. If it rents out for twenty, it makes me three hundred dollars a month. And and not like you're trying you're not trying to pay your payment with it. It's, this is just like a you know kind of whatever. But um, no, I no, think that's no, pretty I, right, man. I am I am trying to pay my payment with. I'm trying to make a business out of it. I want. Well, I, to, I know long term, but like you're not relying yeah. on making the payment right now. No, um, no, 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 yeah. not at all. And it, it's also a nice car for you to have to drive. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the idea. So any money I make from Turo. I'm just going to put back into the car loan or uh, other loans I can pay off. So when I pay off the next thing, I have finance. So I'll buy another Turo car and just keep adding. Just keep adding. That sounds that like out. a lot of car running. It does. It does sound like a lot of driving to the airport, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, who knows? I would rather work my day, my normal day job a little less and have fun renting cars and playing around with buying and selling cars than I would yeah. being a speech therapist 50 hours I, a week, you know? I get it. I mean, I, I certainly get it. So, but anyway, the you know, I had to drive my truck for work. I think I put 100 miles on my truck that day, and then I drove it a little more over the weekend, and it started leaking some oil. Um, and on these old 7.3s, Kind of everything that has oil coming out of it or moving around of it on the top of the motor, 
um, is over the the engine valley between two heads, and there's a hole yeah. at the bottom of the valley. And so anytime you get any fuel or oil or anything in that valley, it drains and goes straight down. Yeah. Uh, and so like it, someone who doesn't know these trucks would think that they have a rear main sill leak, but they never have a rear main sill leak. It's always shit from the top of the motor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I inspected all the stuff that I worked on just quick with a flashlight, and I saw that one of my, my new high-pressure high oil pump hoses had loosened up a little bit. So I tightened Operate. that back up, and then... No more leaky, leaky. Yeah, you got a bad mechanic it's in your been, hands, Derek. It's been dri- it's been dripping a little uh, today. It dripped a little, but I think it's just I hadn't cleaned out that valley yet, and I think that there's just some some. It was so oh, full, yeah, it's yeah. kind of sloshing around in there. No, you you probably definitely have residual there. Yep. Yeah, so I'll clean that out. And, yeah. And then then today I took took the car. So the only thing left to do on the Mazda um, to get it ready for grid life mid ohio uh is to install my new g-lock brake pads flush the fluid um install some fabric tow hooks because i had oem tow hooks on there and i don't want eric kutel to bump me or anything and put a hole in his new bumper he, he is so known to fat. he's he's known to give the love taps yeah so I, I, even, just, even, even though i made that illegal i made that illegal in gltc just for him i bought some so I got to take my bumpers off and figure out how I'm going to mount these. Um, I'm probably just going to put them in the factory tow hook locations because there's holes in the bumpers for them. But you, you can't just, get anything throw, in there without taking the bumpers off. Just throw a self-driller through the cover. It'll be fine, right? No, uh, yeah, Derek, yeah, it'll be okay. You said something earlier. Do you live in an apartment? Yeah. What is it like trying to work on race cars and like manage all the big shit that comes with this hobby in an apartment? So, He's got like the ideal setup, dude. Yeah. So my apartment is a little different than most apartments. So when you drive into my apartment complex at first glance, it looks like a normal apartment complex. But there's garages built into the first floors of most of the buildings. Okay. And and some of the some of the apartments have uh, garages attached, and some of those garages are just isolated garages that anyone can rent. But my, I live in an apartment that's a, that's a one bedroom on the second floor and underneath it is my garage. So my garage is attached. And then behind my garage, I have two parking spaces. So I have my race car in the garage and then stairs, I can go straight into my, up into my apartment. I, I park my truck in the first apartment spot and then my wife parks her hybrid BMW behind my truck. And so we, and so where we can, does the trailer park? We have, I have an RV spot. So my apartment complex has six or seven, like, 30-foot-long covered RV spots. It's so ideal, that. dude. It's so ideal. And, and, I, and I rent that out. That's, I think, uh, $35 extra dollars a month on my rent for that spot. It's so cheap, too, dude. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, I know. Derek's and, got a better and, setup than any of us, man. In, the, in my area of Austin, I mean, to get a, a house that's that's – really any anything that you'd want to live in it's going to be three or four hundred thousand dollars a year and then we have about like 1.9 property tax or 1.95 property tax here and so the taxes on a decent house would be about what my rent is you know so, three or four hundred thousand dollars you mean but yeah it'd be high yeah taxes. yeah yeah three or four hundred thousand dollars but the taxes on that is yeah. going to be ten thousand dollars a month or ten thousand dollars a year so you've got yeah that you know, up, al- man. almost a thousand dollars a month 
just in taxes and in my apartment, you know, eventually we want a house, you know, we want a backyard for the dog to play. And, you know, I, I don't want to like pimp out this garage and, you know, hang stuff on the walls and stuff. Cause it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's not, not long term, yeah. but, but it's pretty yeah. ideal. But for now, it, yeah, it's a rad setup to answer your question. Abe. <laughs> I'm it is pretty rad. It the looks, it I looks rad. The trailer is just because I don't have any place to park it. And, but Abe, you have 17 bedrooms. That is true. You can't yeah, park your trailer a, in your bedrooms, though. That's also true. That yeah. that's a prerequisite. You got to have a. There yeah. is there's one the only neighborhood I want to live in. There's one close by here, um, and it's most of the neighborhoods around here are the you know the gated with the home owners association, and you, you know you gotta send a letter in if you want to paint your fence or put place set in your backyard for kids, you know it, it, anything but there's one neighborhood um that doesn't really have any of those any of those rules google maps and everyone's got travel trailers and trailers parked in their yard and stuff like that like, that's what i want i want a house in that neighborhood and the houses yeah, are i want a house there too they're cheaper there the houses are cheaper there because most people want the homeowners association thing you know so it works out for me when yeah. i get ready to Make a move, you know. But you, but you also get the, uh, you also get the guy like me who parks his RV too long in the driveway. But... Yeah, but I don't care about that. That doesn't bother me one bit. That's just character for me. I don't know. It bothers my neighbor after like two weeks. Yeah. Uh, but I was, I was literally remodeling the RV at the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. I mean, people just. They my just neighbor's want like every my neighbor's my same. friend. He's like my, he was my buddy too. He moved, he just moved. I got another neighbor, but, and this new neighbor don't give uh -huh. a fuck, but, uh, he, he was like my dude too. We went to his new house. We had tacos. Like he's still my friend, but like, why did he get all pissed about my RV for two weeks? Come on. Uh, yeah. He, oh, he, I got some got, new wheels too. Oh yeah. You, you, you look like you're flushing the wheels for the race season there. You yeah. Got tons of them. Tons I, of them. I, well, I got the wheels that I had. I had some RPF ones, and then I got some new wheels, some Koenig Decagram, seventeen nice. by nine. Koenig's yeah. a, a nice little sponsor of Good Life. We appreciate your help there. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to. I looked at them close. Um, at super loud. Um, and I like the design. They're nice and clean and, and light, and they come in an office that works in my for my car. So. Yeah, it's a good looking wheel. Yeah, I'm like I'm excited. We're gonna, yeah. gonna they they do are a little bit more aggressive than what I have now. So me and uh me and Eric are gonna roll my fenders Friday night when I get to Ohio. Okay. We're probably gonna drink a couple beers and then roll them. We'll see how it turns right. out. Yeah, you gotta you, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to grab him after I have him do uh, a bunch of tech inspector work for GLTC cars. But now are are you leaving oh, your dog fine. behind or is your dog staying one uh, coming with you? Is the dog coming to GLTC oh, at Mid-Ohio? Oh, the dog's gonna the dog the dog's not gonna come this time. That sucks. That's, that is uh, it's a good I dog, know. but that's a long that's a long ride with just you and the dog. So. I I want to bring him, but I my wife needs something to do while I'm gone. She wants to bring him out and stuff, play with him. So yeah. <sighs> Honestly, and also she I don't think she, she trusts me to take care of him by myself. I don't know why. That's her baby. Yeah. It took like two years before uh, my wife was like, "Hey, can you uh, uh, watch Emma when I'm not here?" 
I like how we're comparing yeah. my dog to your child, <laughs> your human. Well, child. it's uh, it it probably took about six months before she trusted me with the dog more than like ten minutes. But, yeah, I, I get those. I get those feelings. But you'll everyone will see. Yeah, you can relate. Everyone will see Axel the German Shepherd at Midwest Festival though, because my wife is coming with me to that one, and we'll be bringing Axel. He's so. a good boy. Even though dogs technically we'll aren't allowed at Midwest Festival. <laughs> yeah. He's well, a, staff, uh, staff no, he's a, can bring their their he, service dog. He's a service dog. He needs to uh, comfort his owners. So, um, yeah, he's a registered yeah. emotional support animal. Is he really? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was because joking. No, seriously. Because uh, some apartment complexes, you know, decide arbitrarily that German Shepherds should be restricted breeds. So oh, okay. He had to become an emotional support animal so that his restriction could be lifted. He is, a, he is uh, probably sort of filling that role a little bit, too, I would bet. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, especially since when, I, when we got him, I was lift driving while I was in grad school, and I was going all night every night. You know, So I was, it's good for him to be here yeah. with the wife while she's along. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, um, Hey, uh, so I got sidetracked. Yeah, what were you saying? I was just saying I got sidetracked. I was trying to get to the fact that I brought my Miata to Soul Speed, a shop I meant. Um, and yeah. the, with my job, I had to see a couple patients today. So I you know, loaded up the truck and trailer last night and took off today and dropped the car off at Soul Speed. And then just I went and saw my patients with the truck and trailer attached. Um, because it was too far to go back home and drop the trailer off. So I just took it with me to see my patients. And, uh, you know, the, everything went fine with that. They got the car lined and, you know, got it dialed. I did a, got a lot more camber, got 3.7 uh, negative degrees of camber in the front, 3.5 in the rear. Uh, so I was running like three before, and I was wearing the outsides a bit on the tires. So this should be a bit better. But I was going, I was on the way back to my last patient to pick up my car and some dude on a bicycle like knocks on the window of my truck and I thought he was mad because I was looking at my phone at a stoplight and I thought it was like a bicycle guy getting pissed off at me because I was looking at my phone, you know, and so I was like, I was ready to be like, all right, motherfucker, but, but, but I rolled the window down. I was like, hey man, what's up? And he was like, I locked up back from your trailer. I was like, oh crap. Okay. Hang on. I think so, I, I didn't. Cool. I didn't hear you. I think we lost you for a second. Your your phone's doing auto tune shit again. You sound like Kanye. Is it better now? It sounds alright. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where were we at in the story? Uh, guy knocked on your trail on your window, and you were like, all right, motherfucker, I'm gonna fight your ass. <laughs> well, no, well, that's what I thought in my head. Yeah, yeah. But I just I just said, hey, uh, how's it going? And he said he was just, hey man, I just want to let you know that you're. Uh, your trailer tire is locked up and smoking, and it looks flat. And I was like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. So I, so I pulled over, and I went to look at it, and uh, nothing looked – it just looked flat. Uh, and so I was like, all right. So I texted you on the messenger and said, hey, you know, would the tire smoke a little if it's flat? Um, didn't, I was hoping that it wasn't locked up, and you said, yeah, it might. So I just limped that, the, you know, another two miles to uh, to the <laughs> shop with the one flat tire. But I mean, there was nothing on the trailer, and it was rush hour in Austin, so it was like 15 miles an hour. So I kind of was just going slow anyway. 
So you um, literally, you literally couldn't feel a locked up flat tire on that trailer. Well, I don't even know. I know nothing about trailer brakes. Like this is my first time learning. But I know. But like it, it should feel like you like when a trailer tire like locks up. No. Like if it, it feels like the brakes are on. Not a not aluminum trailer with my truck. I mean, yeah, it is a lightweight trailer. Yeah. Um, I, I don't I didn't feel that at all. It was nothing. So yeah, I, I couldn't even tell. That seven that seven three torque baby. Yeah, it drives the exact damn same no matter what. Yeah. So, I. Uh, I lent it or whatever to the shop, you know, because I didn't have any tools with me, and I knew at Soul Speed I could get, you know, use one of their impacts and uh, jack and stuff. Um, so we, we jacked it up and took the wheel off and then, you know, go to turn the hub, and it's completely locked up. And so I had to throw the, the wheel in the back of the truck, limp the trailer home on three wheels, um, park the trailer, get my wife to bring me back to Soul Speed, which is about 20 minutes away, then I drove my race car back on the street on Hoosiers back home. So now we're all home, and I got that uh, trailer brake system apart, and the whole thing has just exploded inside there. I love that you actually tested the DOT on the Hoosier DOT. Yeah, they're fine. I, I didn't die, you know? No, DOT, uh, con- Contrary to popular belief, you know, with all HPD1 instructors say, oh, you get on Hoosiers, it's going to be crazy. I just drove them <laughs> on the street. It was fine. I stopped at Penn Express on the way home. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yeah, it was. I'm pretty full. <laughs> but, I mean, you should see these brakes on this trailer, though. It, I mean, everything exploded inside there. I've crazy. never seen a, I've never heard of a drum coming apart like that. Usually they just like stop working. You know? The drum is fine. It doesn't even look gouged or anything. But, but every, like the brakes, yeah, it locked up the brakes. Every spring, every piece inside there, the shoes, everything was all twisted up and just misaligned and, and yeah. you know had locked it all up. What are you gonna do? You gonna buy a whole new hub uh, or a whole new brake assembly or? I I don't I don't know. I gotta investigate uh, what to buy and what parts to buy so I, it, I look i looked up the hub the hub and there's a replacement hub but the hub doesn't really look messed up the hub looks fine it just looks like the brake assembly is what i need yeah you it, it's shocking like how cheap those things are but uh so are they universal yeah. can i use any 10 inch brake assembly or does it need to be the Prob- same brand probably I, uh, I, okay. I would figure out what brand yours is and like just google it and see what it cross cross references with but okay uh, there's probably like there's probably a trailer like place within 25 miles of you that has it in stock too. But, okay. But it's usually cheaper online, like uh, at, at e-trailer or like yeah, on the other Yeah, that's sites. where I was looking. So. And I already ordered a new tire, uh, okay. 60, 66 bucks on Amazon Prime. So it'll be did you get Friday. the uh, the D range or the C range? The D range. So it was cheaper. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that that trailer has four. Uh, I even forget. It was some Carlisle tire. Yeah, Carlisle. 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 And in, in that size and, and you know, whatever it's called, like Trail Warrior or whatever the brand name is. Yeah, the, um, the Tomax. Or yeah, the, it's always got the dumbest name. Like. Yeah. You, you, you put in that exact size, and it comes up as there's one C range and one D range, but it's the same yeah. tire. It just no, it's, it's, it's got a couple more plies in it. Yeah. Oh, it, more it plies. Should, the tread yeah, pattern it, looks the same though. It shouldn't actually affect it as long as the, I mean, even it, it's, a, it's basically like, you know, it's just like kind of along for the ride. It could even be a little taller, a little shorter and it, it would be able to do it. But 
you yeah. get funky you get funky wear if the size is different but if it's the same height you should be yeah fine. same same exact size so what I'm, it, that trailer probably needs new tires anyway so i think i'm just gonna put that one on and then after mid ohio i'm gonna replace the other three do you have a spare for the for the long toe or no yes i have a spare okay yeah, yeah as long as you I'll, got one spare yeah i have one spare it's uh it's a five bolt uh 15 inch stuff right 14 inch oh it's 14 yeah Okay. Yeah, that, that explains why it's so cheap. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah. Um. Yep. Well, well, we we found out all about Derek's prep. We found out about Abe's prep, which consisted of waxing the car and falling in love with it again. Yeah. <laughs> Are you uh, bringing it to Mid Ohio? No, I can't. So I have, uh, I've I've got to go to a job site in Michigan on Sunday night. Uh, so Ashley and I are actually going to drive separate. I have to drive a rental car to the track, and then I'm going to drive separately up north to get to work, uh, and Ashley will drive home. Was she going to drive the Evo home? No. She can't drive separate. I think she, sh- she should drive the Evo, dude. She should drive the Evo. You know, the last time I took it to mid-Ohio, the manifold exploded. So Man, you got two weeks to teach that girl how to drive stick, man. Um. I will say, though, that I went to Binge Tokyo, what was it, last weekend? And yeah, yeah. It was a super fun event. Like, it was it was cool. I mean, it was a Just chill, low-key track day, but there was, like, it was a car show, and I bet there was, like, a thousand people there. I mean, like, it was good. big. Um, yeah. And it was just, like, a DE event with seven hours of track time, which I would argue is too much. Um, yeah. That, I mean, I know that, like, customers – they want to make sure they have enough so that they don't feel rushed, but very few people actually use all that time. Yep. Um, and I ended up buying a two day ticket, but would have been like completely happy with a one day because we got so much driving in on Saturday. That's right. Yeah. I was texting with drew the, uh, the owner of bench Tokyo. Um, and he was, uh, he was real happy with the event. He, uh, I'm, and I, I was real, I was real excited to hear cause we had, we had three, three of our like, Good life staff buddies there. We had Chris Sullivan, um, our media guy, who's shooting for Bench Tokyo, and then James James Morgan, my tech inspector buddy, was there helping Gil from Quick Trick, and then uh, and hanging out. And then you were there, and everybody came came away from it with uh, with big positive vibes, which is rad. So. And I also I got a chance to talk to Matt Busby, and he's awesome too. Um, and I'm he's the uh, the track operations manager, I believe. And I think that I'm going to go to VIR in a couple weeks. Yeah, he's doing an event there, right? Yeah. Uh, apparently, the, the story is they've been doing the event at, at VIR for quite a while. Um, and at one point, they just decided that, like, they, when I say quite a while, I mean many years before NCM was even a thing or, like, the okay. NCM track was a thing. And then eventually all of them kind of got together and were like, yeah, we should just build our own track. And yeah. now it exists. So, so does, do they run the event? They they rent the they rent out VIR and do an event there. That's my understanding. Okay. Are you are you going to trailer the Evo or drive it? Uh, I'll probably trailer it. Um, what, when is awful, that? That's. Uh, I'll have to let me check my phone while we talk. Um, is that the weekend between one of the weekends between uh, Mid Ohio and Summit Point? Yeah, probably. Summit Point's not that far from uh, VIR. Maybe you'll leave the car out there. Where? I don't know, somewhere. I got lots of friends everywhere, man. Maybe I I'll got just so leave, many friends. leave it at Luke's house. He's not even close, but maybe I'll leave it at his house. I got friends in all the low places and high places. We could find you a place to stash a car. 
I don't know. But then I'd have to go pick it up. Well, oh, yeah, no, no. obviously. Uh, VIR date, June 24, 25. Oh, it's in June. Yeah. I must have got that mixed up. May, June... I thought it was in April, too. I, it was, it's been a while since I talked to you about it. So, what do we have in June? Do we have an event? Autobahn, right? Oh, yeah, yeah that would be the weekend, weekend before Autobahn, right? I think, no, I think that might be Autobahn weekend. Early, wait, hold on. If only we had access to all the information in the world. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of which, we do still have spots available for Summit Point. Good life, Summit Point. April, what, 26, 27? 27, 28? 26, 27, I think. I'm looking it up. Hold on. Yeah. I, man, I just go where the calendar sells, uh, tells me to go. Um, events. And all this, all this podcasting tonight, I, I, can't, I can't do any of my prep work, which consists of trying to do a wheel bearing on the fucking RV. <laughs> hey, should we call Mike? We should call Mike. Yeah. It's pretty late. It's 12 o'clock. No, he said call anytime. Mike he's working. Uh, he's, he's, Summit Point is 27, 28 April. Um, Autobahn is 29, 30. So the NCM uh, event at VIR is actually during the week. Oh, really? And like I said, hmm. I've got more vacation than Ashley does, and so I should use it to do something destructive. Do it. VIR is the best. Well, I'm a big sissy, so... Uh, like going insanely fast in fast corners makes me really uncomfortable. VIR is so good. You, you'll love it even if you do it at six tenths. That's how good it is. Um, uh, Busby was telling me a little bit about the the really fast cars that test at NCM, yeah. and it is really hard to believe that a production car would drive twenty seconds faster than I feel comfortable driving on that track. Oh my gosh. Like a Corvette? Yeah, he said he did. I think he said he did a 204 in the new ZR1. And oh he was extremely proud for having done it, but he would never, ever do it again. Oh, hey, I got some production car stuff to say. So there, there was a Edge Addicts event at Coda a couple weeks ago. Oh, they, yeah, had, yeah. they had four of those McLaren Sinos, the really ugly, fast McLarens. Um those are the ones. One of them did a 211. That's as fast as Houghton went at yeah. Superlab, bro. Yeah, on the tires they come on. So. That's pretty fast, man. That is. What do those fast. things make? Like uh, they make like 800 horsepower? I don't even know. A lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Most of those. Now the guys... question is: Is it more or less reliable than James's car? Because it's probably if if Andy Hollis's story about McLarens is represented. Well, they're... Andy's story is uh, he had a he had a, uh, a five twelve or a twelve C twelve C twelve C yeah, and then uh, and then he uh, yeah he was he was the guy who had he took it on one lap like right after he bought it and then it was throwing check engine lights and going to limp mode and he would clear the code like mid lap, um, and then he bought a what is it a five seventy yep, um, and he loved that and I don't think he had any problems with that. Um, and then I believe he just got rid of both of those and bought a 720, <laughs> which is my my favorite out of all of them. That and it's uh, so I get, yeah, I guess it's ridiculously fast. It went like a, it, I think he did a 222 or 220 at uh, at that Edge X event a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So that's uh, that's ridiculous. That was a, that was a, some 
surprises the people showed up to that i didn't go but you know just seeing the videos and stuff uh tomo went and some dude with a 996 dt3 threw the keys to him and then the yeah. videos on youtube got posted of uh, tomo just shredding this guy's uh 996 gt3 yeah, he cool. made it look easy too yeah. yeah yeah it was funny at the end of the video they were talking and, and uh, tomo got rebound and compression mixed up and it was it's just kind of funny dialogue if anyone yeah. can find that video online it's well, on there YouTube. Uh, if there's one thing that Tomo is not, it's a mechanic. He's not a mechanic. He's actually getting pretty. He's actually getting a lot better at it, though. No, he sounded like he knew what he was talking about. It was just kind of funny, you know. See, see our pro driver, you know, have his human moments as well. He, uh, he he's he's an alien most of the time. Um, so we we have a buddy who is uh, who's having a tougher time this year than many of us. Um, do you want to try to call Mike Taylor and see if, uh, uh, so we yeah, get him let on me line? try and dial him in and, uh, is okay. he awake? Yeah, he's working. He's on the car right now. He told us half an hour ago that he'd be good. All right. Uh, um, let me add him to the call. Like I'm struggling like to build my race car right now because I'm waiting on some parts and like, like it's just a lot of work to build a race car and have two jobs. But, uh, uh, Mike has been dealt another hand. Mike was on the show last July or something, uh, having been wrecked at Road America uh, by a Miata. And now he's got another story for us. <laughs> I'm trying to ring him down. So we'll see if he... If he, he got bumped by a Miata at Sebring. Hello. Hey, is this hey, Mike, Mike Taylor? Taylor? Hey. Mike Taylor. What's happening? Mike, you're with uh, Adam and Abrin and Derek. Wow, yeah. everybody's here uh, except what's for up? Austin. Austin was a Austin's taking a poop or something. He's busy. Well, what's new? Yeah, he's pooping. <laughs> a lot of poop coming out of that boy. So, Mike, we spent a few minutes talking with Derek about prep for GLTC. Uh, he's got yeah. his toe pig like up and ready for this year. What uh, What have you been doing this off season? Um. I've been uh, blowing up engines and crashing cars. And <laughs> that's yeah, about you, it. Had a, you had a fucking weekend at Road Atlanta. <laughs> Not ideal. Yeah, yeah, far from ideal. Um, yeah, yeah, managed to actually crash on the outlap of qualifying, which is a which is a new low for me. Um, but you know, you got to aspire to something. It's but, your yeah. it's your Roman Grosjean moment. You're in good company. Yeah, uh, I tell you. But you know, managed managed to get it uh, get going on get it going from that and uh, patched it back together. The first race was only a couple hours later. It was like we qualified at like 8:05 in the morning, and track was really cold. And long story, but uh, anyway, uh, got the car back together, and then Mike, first this race, is a show. This is a show for stories. How did the crash happen? Uh, oh, um, yeah. So it was it was pretty cold out, and as as you know, as a front wheel drive car, you know it, it's it's a good thing to warm up your tire, especially the rear yeah. ones, because um, you know I didn't do that once at Road Atlanta. It was at the start of the the Chump Car race in February, and I was in Kevin Boswell's MX3, and I just happened to be leading the whole field of like 120 cars to the green flag. <laughs> And I went around and, and I was like being really careful because I knew, you know, it's like it was like 30, 34 degrees or something stupid. Man, that's spooky. Yeah. And um, and actually, I, I ended up, I think I was first or second as we went through turn three. And uh, 
I don't know if the if the BMW in front of me was spilling gas. I know he was, but I don't know if that's when I spun. But I ended up spinning in front of like 110 cars coming through turn three. But <laughs> not anything I ever want to do again. Not no, a lot of fun. No. Um, and I was being like, you know, really careful because, you know, it's when it's cold out in a front wheel drive car and you don't have heat in your tires. It's, I mean, they can just go instantly. How how cold um, was it uh, last weekend or two weekends ago? Uh, I think we went up for qualifying. It was like 37 or 38 degrees, something like that. That's cold. Yeah. So I, I was trying to get heat in my tires, and so I came out of turn five, and I was leaving room because I know some people kind of like to charge up to the front, even though we had had like a, a wet qualifying session. So I figured, well, you know, you know, you've kind of earned your starting position in qualifying, but um, some people tried to charge by, and I saw one guy coming. And so I left room for him. But what I didn't know is there was another guy coming out of turn five that was trying to pass him who was trying to pass me when I was obviously trying to get some heat in the tires. So, you know, I, I suppose you could say maybe if I wasn't weaving, it wouldn't have happened, which is very true. But, you know, when like Mike. two people have see what's happening in front of you and decided to pass a guy like that anyway. Anyway. So, so long story short, Mike crashed a car going in a straight line. <laughs> Yeah, straight line before we hit the green flag. Well, we were in the green flag, I guess. Oh, yeah. Sucks. Yeah, ended up in the, in the wall between turn five and turn six. Well, I'm but, glad the car wasn't any worse than it was, though. That, uh, no, no. I mean, it could have been a lot worse because, I mean, anytime you you go into a concrete wall, if you go in nose first, especially, it can really not be good. But it was it was kind of a, just a flat hit after a 180 into the wall, so. Yeah, a little oh. bit of dent in your rear quarter panel and like some small stuff, but yeah, the car's just, pretty good. That yeah, just the door just not of the quarter panel. So. No, no. Rota, the more and more we do shit at Rotolana, my friends do stuff at Rotolana. Like, the more I'm like, wow, that place is so special because it's like so rewarding when you get it right. Oh, uh, it's, it's so also, good! It's so good it's when you get it right. But it's because it punishes so hard when it doesn't go right. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Well, well, Mike manages to get hit by Miatas at any track. Yeah. They do not discriminate. That's true. Oh yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Road America, Road Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Well, oh. yeah, red Miatas. Yeah, actually, I think every time I've gotten hit, it's been a Miata. I got hit by a STU Miata at VIR, the red Miata at Road America, a red Miata at Road Atlanta. I don't know. So well, anyway, I'll, I'll never have a red Miata, but I do have a Miata. So if you lap me, I'm just going to pull off in the grass. Like, I don't want any chance. Well, <laughs> just, just give me that think, point by, man. Point yeah, point I by think you're, in a, you're in a I, lot I, better position to lap me than I'm lapping you right now because I'm, I'm like, leaning on the front bumper of the car with no, staring down at the big hole in the engine compartment. Yeah, I can, I can see my feet through there. Dude, you and, gotta just um, just take the sedan, man. Take the sedan, and then you and it, I can co-drive that shit. Let's do it. it, it yeah, do it. It, it 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 might happen, but yeah. Then I then I then I blew up the engine on Sunday in the second race. <laughs> so, but yeah, what happened to the engine? This is the only failure that I've ever seen like this uh, in a Honda. Yeah, uh, um, it's not it's not a normal failure. Yeah, the uh, it 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 had all the symptoms of a head gasket. You know, because it just started running like crap, and um, and I and I had run, I'd done the NASCAR trick and run the over, you know, instead of running the the uh, um, uh, pressure relief from the radiator into the bottle, I just ran it up to a hose in the windshield so you could see it. And um, that's pretty smart, actually. Yeah, and you know, you know, it's interesting. So um, I, I thought it was a head gasket because when I when I finally got it back home. 
you know, the, the oil was um, way over full, and there wasn't yeah. really anything in the radiator anymore. So No, you had, um, the, you had the, uh, the chocolate milkshake with oil in there, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't really a milkshake. It was just, it was still separated, you know. It hadn't whipped it up yet. Okay. But, um, but, um, but what was interesting is when I was at Sebring in January, what I had noticed, which was new, was that every once in a while I get a quick little spurt out of the, out of the overflow, you know, the, on the windshield, um, just for a second, you know, just a split second. I thought, well, that's kind of strange. I wonder what that is. Maybe the radiator cap. I put a different radiator cap on. Still did it a little bit, and I think that was the start of the cracked uh, cylinder wall, the, yeah. the sleeve, and um, you know popped the head off, and there was a big crack just staring me like right in the eye. I've never and, seen uh, one of those cracks like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I was talking to Blake, uh, Blake Meredith, and he said that when they took one of Zoltz motors apart, it had just started to do that. So he started to crack. This, yeah? Yeah, he'd seen the start of one in a in a GSR motor. So. That's, so, I wonder what I wonder if it's just a heat cycle thing or like uh, an RPM thing. I wonder what would actually cause that. Uh, I have no idea. I just know I don't no. like it. <laughs> Do you think the uh, the pistons are reusable? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't popped them out yet. Um, because I had to leave for a trip, like you know, a couple hours after I got back from Road Atlanta. So um, I just got back last Saturday, pulled the head off and found that. And of course, you know, we're all sort of scrambling to get ready for, you know, GLTC, um, which, you know, there's no way I'm missing that. So, uh, so I pulled out the old, the other motor I used to have, which um, I pulled out maybe three, four years ago. That's that been a stock, a, stock bottom end, right? Yeah, well, it's actually a B18C5 stock yeah. motor then, so that's not bad. And that was the motor that we, we did the VIR 13-hour in, right? Yep, yep, that's the one we did the VIR 13-hour in when we first built the first Squirrel. So and, it did like uh, it did like 10 hours with a chipped crank pulley and harmonic vibrations and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it good, was, it, yeah, it was a good... good motor. It, yeah, it was a good motor. <laughs> Um, and I think it was starting to use a little oil, so I decided, you know, I always keep that as a spare. And we built up this other one, which, which yeah. was actually the motor I got from you at the VIR 13. That GSR. Oh, you brought that, that GSR. was that. That was that yeah. GSR. Yeah, yeah, that's I, the one I've I been know, running the last couple of years. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, so you pot. sold him the broken motor. Yeah, I did. I sold him <laughs> a shit motor that he fully yeah. built and revved. Is that the motor yeah. that you revved at 10,000 RPMs at one time? Uh, that, yeah, that's the one that, that just came out. That's the one. Oh, oh man. It was, no, it was like 12,000, but who's counting? <laughs> that's so many thousand. That's like, that's like 50% too high. <laughs> yeah. That, that's like, that, that's like that, that, uh, R1 motor you had in that, yeah, that, man. Uh, that car that you sold. That's uh, um, 50% too high on a car that already revs to like 8,200 RPM. That's a lot. That's yeah. Lot. No, more like nine. Like I think uh, I normally shift at like nine, yeah. Something like no, that. No, I, I, I can sort of understand why it let go. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I can't complain. I mean, it was like three or four years of really, you know, getting beat on pretty hard. So well, you can even though it's unusual, it, you could have it sleeved if you wanted to, but that, yeah, that's, but I don't know probably, if it's worth it. Yeah, that's probably prohibitively expensive. But. Yeah, just get another block um, and build build yeah. up another one and. 
If this was so. like, I mean, you got to think back to like the guys that used to race for like 50 years in SCCA. They're like racing like 1960s triumphs and stuff. Like, uh, if they got a season out of that motor, they were like, dude, can you believe this champion of a block? It didn't crack in half. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and like, you rev this thing to 12,000 RPMs, and like, I, I got that motor from some kid who probably did like, like clutch drop burnout to Doty Road street racing in Chicago for two years, yeah. and like, is that, is probably it... done. It's probably done hours above 9,000 RPM. You know, <laughs> like hours. So is that is that the same motor that that GSR transmission I got from you came from? Uh, no, different setup. Different setup. Okay, okay, because yeah, because that that you know that transmission was you know had lived, lived a hard life as well. So what, that that was Adam's actually got all the trash parts. I do. <laughs> hey, Mike, hey Mike, 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 you can have all my old stuff. No, that transmission. <laughs> hey man, that GSL lived a lot of years. That was telling something. That that transmission was actually hooked to the JDM engine that I put in my CRX. Um, oh, okay. And I, and I just didn't use it because I got a, I, I had it in the car, uh, and then I got a JDM Type R trans and took it out because I already had a diff and a four-seven final. But um, that uh, that engine was perfect. So, I, I, but I'm not surprised that because I because I possessed it for about a week, like that it was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I, no. I had I had never done anything but put it in and take it out of a car. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's now the transmission as well. So basically oh, really? what came out of the car just now was the GSR um, block I got from you that had been built up and then the transmission as well. So Yeah, you're sourcing all your gar- – that's probably why you uh, blow shit up and, and crash into Miatas just because you're you, – Well, I tell you, it was – it was pretty strong down at Sebring, though. I mean, I was pretty happy with the way it ran down there. Yeah, you, I mean, you ran the Sebring majors, and then you were in the Road Atlanta majors. So you're yeah, two, you're yep. two thirds qualified for the VIR runoff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 you know, I I'm pretty sure it ran the fastest STL front wheel drive uh, time at at Sebring ever. So nice, nice. So yeah, it was it was it was a yeah, that was actually a pretty good weekend, and followed yeah. by a pretty crappy weekend. So. Um, anyway. So what's your what's your plan for if, if uh, say you didn't uh, say you like do GLTC or don't do GLTC at Mid Ohio with it like what is your plan for the rest of the season with the car? Uh, well, you know, just get it back together and then um, uh, do. I, I'm planning to do. I think all is it four rounds we have for GLTC set up now. Yeah, we've got Mid- so, Midwest Festival, Blackhawk Farms, and Road America. Yep. So I got all those on the on the schedule, um, and then uh, John Sewell and I were talking about going up and doing um, the Watkins Glen uh, Hoosier Super Tour. And the weekend or the week before, I guess, is a re- a regional race at Lime Rock, which would be kind of cool because I've never oh, been cool. to Lime Rock, and that's one of like one of those iconic tracks. It's yeah. been around forever, um, so that'd be kind of cool. And then maybe throw like a, a a vacation or, you know, like a week in between, um, hanging out up in, you know, New York or something like that in the country. So how do they do kind regional of, races at uh, Lime Rock? Do they do like Monday or Sunday? Uh, I they think don't race it's on Saturday, right? Uh, they don't, I know they don't race on Sunday. It might be like a Friday, Saturday, maybe. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I said Sunday, but I meant, I meant, uh, they don't race on Sunday. They don't race. Yeah. yeah. They race Friday, Saturday, and Monday sometimes. Yeah. 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 I think this is a Friday, Saturday, but I don't really know much about it. I, 
That's just okay. John Sewell's going to kind of plan that out. So That'd be fun. Yeah, so that'd be fun. So um, I, what's that? I, I, I assume if you're going to go to still playing on runoffs, and you're just going to build up another motor, right, and just run the spare until uh, you get the new one built? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm trying to spend less money, which every time I do that, it, that's another thing that I'm spectacularly unsuccessful at when it comes to racing. <laughs> um but, um, no, I mean, if this motor is good, I mean, there's no reason. Because uh, I think the head was fine. Everything else is fine. So, mm. um, you know, if this bottom end is reasonable, then there's no reason I just can't keep running this. And then, you know, I just won't have a spare motor. I just got to make sure I don't blow anything up. But we'll see. You know, um, if I can pick up another block, then maybe I'll have that built up since I think all the guts of this of the other motor are good, the pistons and all that stuff. So. I think you should build a B20 VTEC. Yeah, Maybe. build yourself a GLTC motor, mm-hmm. and then that's not such a bad idea, actually. Mm-hmm. You should have a G because you can do an engine swap too. in like yeah, you can do an engine swap in like two days. So yeah, it's not like, bad. It's like while, one day while out. You drink wine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have any wine down here though. I actually knew I was gonna be down here late, so I brought down tea. Brought down tea in the shop. Usually it's wine, but um, or just, we, just just run the B20 all all the time to make sure you don't win. Man, yeah, yeah, you'd have to for the B20 and STL though. You'd have to be like 2,700 pounds. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. The yeah, that's the difference between uh, STL and GLTC. Is it's it's uh, STL is uh, is leader based. That's that's how it's like the leader of the engine is how you determine the the, yeah. the weight. I, which I was saying, just don't win. Just run at your current weight. Just just make sure you don't. Go you know what you could do? You could go to Harbor Freight and buy like <laughs> you could buy some like you could buy some metal stamping tools. Uh-huh. And you can, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> just freaking grind that B20 uh, off of that thing and it, make it look like dem- Yeah, there we go. Problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now it's recorded and broadcasted there. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know, like 80, 80 people have done that SCCA. Come on, that's got it. That's a, that's something that. Well, you know, that's that's what all the Honda guys do. Like, no one's really running a B18, you know. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> spread that rumor. There are people that listen. Awesome. Friggin' Hayward's gonna text me like tomorrow. This child from the SCL committee is gonna text me tomorrow. No wonder why those Hondas are so fast. <laughs> they got more leaders. Be honest. Be honest. This could kill one of the B20. Be honest. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's he's a cheating bastard. <laughs> you need to tear that kid's engine down. Oh, poor Eric. <laughs> you can't trust that kid as far as you can throw him, man. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, uh, I'm excited that you're trying to put it back together, but I sort of hope that you, like, quit and just bring the sedan and you and I can screw around at the back of the pack of the sedan. Yeah, you know, I mean, that would be fun. But, I mean, isn't, isn't your hatch going to be ready? Do you think it's going to uh, be ready? I'm trying really, really hard, but I'm still giving it, like, a 50-50 chance. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, uh. I hope it's ready, on, man. I'm, I'm waiting on the crank pulley, and so I have to wire it. Uh, tomorrow I'm going over to my brother-in-law's house. He has an oscilloscope, which is a thing that most people Ooh. that build race cars don't play with. But I need to determine which – because I have to put a magnet, a, a, a rare earth magnet in the cam pulley uh-huh. um, in order for the Hall effect sensor to, like, pick up something. Yeah. Um, and I have to build a mount for the Hall, Hall effect sensor, which is easy. It's a little Honeywell three-wire sensor. Um, so I'll put a, a mount right on the engine mount right there. It'll be pretty simple. Um, but 
this, this rare earth magnet has to be positioned the right way. Um, and like you can sort of tell which way is which with a compass. Like you can tell which which. Oh, way you mean is. like oh, you mean like north south? It has to be. Yeah, yeah. Like the uh, magnet goes. The magnet is like a magnet both ways, but it's it's better for the sensor one way. Um, no. So I have to figure out tomorrow with <laughs> with with the appointment with the oscilloscope in my brother-in-law's basement, like uh, what. Uh, they couldn't which... label the sensor for no. you. No, that's the magnet. It's like the, like literally, it's a, it's a thing you like buy on like. I bought it on some, uh, on some like electronics website. It's a uh, okay. magnet. I, I bought five of them in case I lost them because they're literally like an eighth of an inch by an eighth of an inch. But, uh, um, so I need to hook up the the sensor to the oscilloscope and like pass it by, and see if mm -hmm. it's like a, uh, see the shape of the of the the signal that it sends. So that's my project tomorrow, and then I get to make that mount. And then whenever the crank pulley gets here, then it's time to make that mount and an alternator mount. And uh, then I think I can put fluids in it and drive. So we'll see. It sounds know. like you're almost done. It's so close, <laughs> but, like, those are all, like, one-night projects. So like, if, yeah. the pulley, if the pulley gets here, like, Thursday, uh, then it's still going to be like a mad thrash what's, to try to tune it by Monday. What's the progress on the on the pulley? I mean, you've been waiting on that thing for a while, right? Uh, yeah, it was basically Mike sent me um, one of his old pulleys, which is a B series uh, ATI damper pulley, mm -hmm. and then uh, I have my buddy uh, who listens to the show out in New Jersey. Uh, he's making up a uh, a DC uh, like a hub for that with a D series hole in it because the hole in the D-series crank is a little bit smaller than the B-series crank. Um, and he's just had, like, a big backlog of work, and, like, his mom is sick, and mm. like, he's had a lot of family things, and, like, I'm, I'm not, like, mad that it's not done or anything. It's not a big deal. He's had, and he's also putting a crank trigger on it, a trigger wheel on it for me, uh, because he's got a lathe, and he's got a mill, and he's got all... He's smart. Um, but... Um, yeah. So whenever it's done, it's not. He he had it like all all put together. I think he had to broach. He he's got. He's like the only dude I could find in the U.S. with uh, that would actually do it, which which had the correct broach to put this to put the keyway in the pulley. Like he's got all the tools to do it because he did one for another car that he he crew chiefs for, which is a uh, an H production car in SCCA. It's the Ed and Stephanie Funk's car. But, um, yeah, he actually had the tool, the tool to do the brooch, uh, like the broaching tool to do so, the uh, slot. So. I don't like anything on my car that I can't order. Yeah, no, my car's like, got a lot of shit day. you cannot order. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my car's gonna be like the little British like Triumph or like uh, Jaguar that like when it breaks it goes on the trailer and you drink beer because you can't you can't buy that. Yeah, you got you got to pay a guy and wait too much. Yeah, you got to like no you got to like call up Matt and it's going to be a couple months. So you got to call up Bill and it's going to be a week like <laughs> you can't go down to AutoZone. You got to find the Kubota like single wire alternator. You got to find uh, you got to find the custom header, you got to find the custom crank pulley and um, well, the header you, you can do because that's off eBay. But uh, yeah, but it's also attacked with a MIG welder and a chop saw for like three hours. So. Oh, okay, well never mind. Um, Unless you have your MIG welder thinking, and your chop saw with you. I could I could do that. I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Part of me is thinking about um, aborting the crank and cam pulley and uh, and figuring out how to wire it up to a Honda distributor. But like, 
I'm so, I'm so, I'm so over Honda distributors because all they do is die. Well, but I mean, if yeah. you, so when you're thinking about, when you say wiring it up to the Honda distributor, is that to grab the timing for the computer? Oh, yeah. or only is to that... use, yeah, yeah, but only use this, the CYP and the CKP sensor or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's not the part that dies, but I, I, I'm well, with they, you. They I'm do, them, they but... do die, but like they don't yeah. die nearly as frequently as the igniter and the, and the, uh, yeah. The yeah, oil. actually, you know, I, I, I did have a distributor that was bad and I thought I'll just replace the uh, you know all the guts right I mean the the, the coil igniter, and the coil, igniter yeah. and I did that and it still didn't work right and I finally decided what it was was the bearings in the in the shaft had kind of worn out so it was wobbling so yeah. that and so that the, the, so the, the sensors the didn't sensors work right. work yeah yeah I've got a I've got a fairly new distributor still I didn't sell it in case I decided to go down this road um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, uh, like, I'm not into this idea, but like, I'm not, not into this idea. Is it so. one reason they, they are so bad on the track is because they get hot? Yeah. Uh, the core and the igniter get really, really hot. Okay. Um, well, one thing, since it's GLTC, you're running in next, you could vent your hood right there too. Or, or have, is it already have, vented there? I have already done that. It already, that's, it's already yeah. vented like five inches in front of it. So that's what really um, helped. That most of the problem. most of the most of the problem is the uh, the igniter and the coil is heat and vibration, and the igniter and the coil are now uh, K20 coils, so that's not a yeah. big deal. Mm. I mean, um, what I was going to do on the MS3, which you know I've been using the last few events, which is working good, but the, but the thing that always worries me about that is the external crank trigger, right? Because if something happens, you could yeah. bend that and. It would, it would kind of suck to be out for that. And, you know, I suppose you could have spares and all that, but, you know, you got to, you know, got to have everything lined up right and everything is kind of exposed. So um, we're going to do the same thing that you were talking about, Adam, and make it so it can read the Honda distributor and just have another tune in there so that if we need to, we can just back up, you know, load the other tune and, and the Honda distributor uh, trigger signals will be wired up and then you can just kind of flip over to that and you don't really With, need uh... With the MS3, you're using the distributor already for the cam position sensor, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, we're getting we're getting Honda nerdy here right now. Yeah, I'm just looking at. I'm sitting on my tailgate in my truck, looking at my Mazda, thanking it for being able to just load tunes off the laptop, you know, stock <laughs> the way it comes out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you for coming with coils and you know all the proper parts. Yeah, yeah. The the, the NA Mazdas weren't quite so easy to tune, just like our our freaking 90 and 92 Hondas. But that's yeah, why there's yeah. not one in the garage. They seem like yeah. too much headache for me, even though not, they're lighter. They're actually really not headaches. They're pretty rad, but uh, I'm I'm trying to do way too many things with this car. That's the problem. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of surprising after my uh, most recent crash. Uh, you know, it, the, the car, you know, kind of went around, went backwards off the track, and the splitter, the back of the splitter, which goes right back to the middle of the, you know, center line of the of the front wheels, um, just turned into this plow and just dug up all the dirt and grass and everything and jammed it up in there. And I was surprised when they pulled me out, the car started up, and I, I didn't even think about it. We got back, we drove it back to the pits, and... Uh, looked underneath and around the whole crank trigger, you know, which is exposed on the end of the, uh, on the end of the, uh, uh, you know, by, by the damper there. And then I have a bracket with the sensor that's, that bolts onto the block and it was all packed with dirt and everything, but it still worked. 
Yeah. Really? Well, that's good. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. It's kind of impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it, it it was rubbing so much. It rubbed all of like the timing. Um, the you know all of the uh, timing was kind of. Uh, you know, on on the outside of the damper, right? With uh, I don't know, painted on or stenciled or something like that, and it's all gone now. So it's like all the and time still ran, are gone. Still ran, yeah. Well, maybe I don't have to be so. I was I was I had that same fear that you just expressed, where it was like all that stuff is exposed. You know, like yeah, yeah, rocks flying around and all that stuff. Yeah, but but, but like when I made the bracket for the uh, you know when I fabbed up the bracket for the for the uh, sensor. Um, I just made it really beefy. Like you could lift the engine from the bracket. It's just <laughs> really beefy. Yeah. Because yeah. you know you don't want it to move at all. So. Uh, the, the the bracket that I have is uh, like a hand-me-down from Blake Meredith. Uh, he used it on one of his old cars. I think on a CRX. But, um, and it's like two pieces of quarter-inch steel, um, and they're welded together. And they bolt to like multiple spots of the AC bracket, so it's it's you could lift the engine from it. <laughs> it's yeah. Pretty burly. Yeah. Well, I'm not hearing a lot of Abram on the call. He must be getting tired. We should probably let him go to bed. Yeah, you should probably let me go to bed. I've got an eight o'clock oh. tomorrow, so. An eight o'clock, Abram. Jeez. Yeah, you're yeah. like you're like not even out of bed by eight o'clock, are you? No, I'm out of bed by like six thirty. I got a four year old. I'm not. I'm not out of bed by eight. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna hang up the phone because I have to lift a 100-pound uh, brake disc hub combo off my RV and clean all the grease and repack it. Yeah, I'm about to go back over to the trailer and finish what I was doing too when we got the call yeah. started. All right, buddies, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for hang, hanging out on the show, Mike. Yeah, yeah we appreciate you. Always always fun to chat. Always. Yes, yes, go yes. back to your go back to your T and your B eighteens. No, I'm I'm going to bed because I have to put up with the land of traffic in the morning, that's, which is now it, it's already the morning. So give give we'll Tina a, a couple kiss weeks, for me. You betcha. Later. I'll be there. Bye. See you later. All right, buddies. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Yep. Yeah, bye. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a gridline to say hello.